Hey guys, Michael here with WeddingVideographySchool.com. Hope you guys are having a great week, great day. I know I am. Uh, I've got a sick kid home with me today, so I'm uh, recording this in the living room while he plays with like a train set and uh, watches uh, Boss Baby on Netflix. So um, yeah, pretty much just hanging out today, um, doing a little babysitting. Uh, okay, so today um, is an exciting day. Um, I received my Blackmagic uh, Design Pocket Cinema Camera 4K in the mail last night. It's a super long name uh, for such a small camera, but um, I got to say, like, the moment I took it out of the box, um, I just was like, this is, this is awesome. Um, so... This this episode is going to be about uh, the BMPCC 4K. I'll just call it the Pocket 4K uh, for the sake of time. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm basically going to give you my thoughts on this product just like right out of the box. Um, like I said, I don't have an adapter for it, the Micro Four Thirds Speed Booster or anything uh, that you'll need if you have a bunch of Canon EF lenses like me. Um, but yeah, uh, this this so this yeah this whole episode is just about my thoughts on this camera right out of the box. Uh, the first thing that I noticed when I pulled it out of the box is the build quality, and I gotta say it's not bad. Um, I've been looking like at um, a bunch of other reviews and stuff about this camera and people kept saying that you know this camera feels really plasticky and it doesn't feel like it's a good build quality and blah 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 I gotta disagree it while it does feel a little bit plasticky um, it actually feels a lot better than I think most people kind of chalked it up to being um, so if from that aspect I was like pleasantly surprised um, so yeah, I, I don't think it's that bad. And the people that are kind of saying it's too plasticky or whatever, um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe they got like a super early edition of the camera or something. Like, I just don't think it's that much different than say like a Canon 5D series. Um, it doesn't feel as maybe rugged, but I think that's just because of the grip that they used on this camera. It's a little smoother and like the 5D series um, and some of the other DSLRs, they really kind of like make it feel like almost sandpapery on the grip. So uh, this one feels a little smoother. So um, yeah, I, 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 think it's, I think it's well done and I'm not quite worried about the build. Um, I guess time will tell um, how it holds up. Um, I will say as far as ruggedness goes, I don't know. Like I'm looking at it and it looks like there's like a few vents on the top of the camera. Um, and with my Canon 5Ds, like my, my two, my three, my four, I've always kind of like, I used to try to keep them out of the rain and now I just, I'm like, whatever, <laughs> which actually bit me in the ass last year because one of my cameras got some, uh, water damage to, um, the card. So I guess rain isn't, <clears throat> excuse me. I guess rain isn't like that great for, uh, like a 5d Mark three. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I have a feeling that with these black magic, uh, 
pocket 4Ks, you're not going to be able to just kind of be like whatever about rain. You're 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 gonna you're gonna have to cover the camera up. So uh, for most of you who cover your cameras up anyway, that's not going to be a big deal for me. I'm uh, I like to be one with the camera, and I hate when I have to cover it with some sort of like plasticky thing that never really fits quite right. And um, yeah. So anyway. Uh, as far as the menu goes, cause that's really all I can access right now without a lens is like, I can turn on the menu and look through it. Um, I, I think time will tell on this as well, but the one thing I will say that I really like about the menu is that there's not as many options. Um, or I shouldn't say there's not as many options, but there's not as much stuff to go through as there is with like, a, a an, a, a DSL excuse me, like a DSLR camera. You guys are hearing me like post snack, I'm like burping and stuff, choking on my, my saliva and all that kind of stuff. Mm. <laughs> Hope you guys aren't eating while listening to this. Uh, yeah. So, uh, the menu is actually like really simplified in the sense that you don't have a bunch of um, you know, like on the DSLRs, you have to go through the menu and see all these like photo options. And I've really gotten pretty used to it with my 5D Mark IV and Mark III and Mark II. I can navigate those menus pretty well, but I think that's mostly just because I've had the cameras for so long. Like, um, it, it's not really an issue anymore. This menu is so different that I'm, like, a little worried that, like, uh, I'm going to be confused. But I don't think I will be. I think... I think it's just going to be a, ma a matter of spending some time with the camera. And in the beginning, I actually don't really, um, you know, whenever I get a new camera, what I usually do is I'll spend time around the house with it, like shooting my wife or my kids, uh, kid, uh, but, uh, actually I do have another kid on the way. Um, and so I'll, I'll do some family stuff with it first and I'll usually shoot some stock footage with it, go out, um, on a couple shoots and just see how I like it before I jump in with weddings. Cause honestly, like as excited as I am to use this camera and as excited as I am to probably go out and buy like three more of these things. So I have four, um, one is a backup. Uh, yeah, I, I just can't see myself doing it, um, right away. Um, I just want to get used to it first. So, uh, I think time will tell with the menu, but I think it's one of those things where I just got to get used to it. Uh, battery, <laughs> battery life on this thing, at least so far in my very quick test has been really bad. Um, it takes the same batteries as my Canon 5D series, the LPE6, I think it is the LP6 or whatever those batteries are. Um, and sorry, my kid's like going nuts with this, uh, with these cars and stuff. Um, it takes these battery, the same batteries that I have, which is awesome. Cause the, like, I hate when you have, when you switch cameras and then you have to go out and have, uh, like a bunch of different batteries or you have to carry, uh, two different sets of batteries. If you're using different cameras, like, like this camera is probably not the best camera to use for like my super low light dancing shots. Like I'll probably still want to have like a, like a 1DX Mark II or something, which, shoot, now that I think about it, that has a different battery than the Canon 5D line. Um, well, that's a bummer. But if I do decide to do like a hybrid setup, I can use the same battery 
same batteries, which is cool. Also, I'm used to these batteries, so I've got a bunch of chargers for them. But yeah, I like I had this thing on. I took a freshly charged battery, put it in this camera. I probably had the menu on for like five minutes and it, the battery was already down to like 80%. And that was like without a lens attached or anything. So people are saying they get like almost an hour out of it or like 45 minutes, which if that's the case, then I would actually be mostly okay with that. Um, I wish you were getting like, I wish it was just over an hour or something that would like, that'd be awesome for like most ceremonies. I could get through most ceremonies with one battery. Um, but yeah, like I'm just imagining being at a ceremony and having to switch out batteries during the ceremony, which I don't know. It's not like I've never done it before. I have, but I don't do it that often. So having to pretty much always just plan on switching out a battery during the ceremony would be super lame. Um, I do expect people to come out. I do expect like a better battery solution to come out, like a third party sort of thing. And I know there's a couple out there already. Um, but so far those are like big exterior batteries like mounted on the bottom of the camera which just adds weight and adds to the bulkiness of the camera um so i guess that's that's kind of a bummer as far as rolling shutter goes um which is one of my main concerns when buying this camera that like i think that was the thing that i was like most freaked out about was like what is this rolling shutter going to be like um from jesus <laughs> hey buddy take it easy on the hardwood man um, from what I've seen, the rolling shutter in the test videos that I've seen is like, it's pretty bad. So unless you're using a stabilizer or a monopod or some sort of tripod or whatever, um, a lot of the handheld shots that I'm seeing are just total garbage. Now there are a couple people that have done handheld stuff. Um, but yeah, like for the most part, like some of the, some of the handheld stuff I've seen is good. I think I forgot to say that part, which is like half my sentence. I'm getting old, man. I think I'm, uh, I'm, I'm going senile here. Um, yeah, I, I would say that's probably the biggest drawback to this camera is the rolling shutter is just, it's, it's pretty bad. Um, so you're going to want to be really careful in how you use this camera. Um, yeah, from what I've seen, it's just it's just junk. Um, now, to be fair, I think that is one of the things. Like, you know, if they if they find a way to improve this camera, which I'm sure they will, uh, I really hope them just getting like a faster rolling shutter in this camera will um, will be super helpful. Um, the cool thing about this camera is you can actually set your shutter. I believe it's 180 degree shutter. Uh, well actually, so like whatever ISO you're at, uh, or sorry, not ISO, whatever frame rate you're at, the shutter will automatically just be double whatever your frame rate is. Um, so if you're shooting, you know, 24 frames per second, you'll have a 48, uh, speed shutter, uh, which is awesome. So your shutter will pretty much always be where you need it. Uh, again, haven't really tested that part out. So I could be wrong about that. Uh, it's just, I don't have a, like I said, I haven't been able to really fully test this. So this is just my out of the box impressions. Um, yeah, the, the thing about the rolling shutter is like, so the Ursa, 
uh, like I'd say probably the closest thing to a big brother to this camera that there is, which is like a, like if, if you want a basic Ursa setup, you're probably looking at like nine grand. Um, and that's if you buy the camera used. So, you know, we're talking about a camera that's, this camera's, you know, 1250 bucks, uh, with tax, you're probably looking at $1,400. So that's a huge difference in price between, you know, this and the Ursa, which I think you could find on eBay for like six grand or, you know, five something, uh, if you look at the right time. Um, so yeah, I mean, we're talking about a huge price difference. It's no surprise that the Ursa is going to have a way better, uh, rolling shutter performance. Um, yeah, I, I just don't like the gel, the jello and the shake and the wobbliness of, of the rolling shutter in this, in this camera. But like I said, for the price, like you just, you get a stabilizer or a monopod or whatever, and you just, you know, you be careful. Um, cause that's what you got to do if you want to, uh, if you want to spend a lot less money. Um, what else here? I'm like, the first thing I noticed when I took it out of the box is, I mean, yeah, the build, but the screen, like this screen is huge. It's a five inch screen. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's good. It's good looking. I plan on getting like a viewfinder, like a loop, uh, to put on here. Um, there's a, there's a company called grid G R I D. Um, and they make a loop. So, uh, I think I might order one of those, uh, within the next few months. I don't really need one right now, but before I do weddings with this camera, I probably am going to want one, uh, just cause I'm, I'm a viewfinder guy. So, um, I like to be able to hold this thing up to my, up to my face. I worry a little bit just because the screen is so big that, you know, you put a viewfinder on the back of this thing and I don't know what it's, what buddy, please. What you need me to wipe your nose? All right, hold on. Come here. Hey, come here. Let me wipe your nose. That is some green shit, my man. Come here. Yeah, that's like some stuff, dude. That's gross. Ow. Don't tell mama I said the S word in front of you. Okay, so uh, the, screen is, the screen is cool. I worry that maybe I'll have a hard time focusing with my actual eyeballs on it, uh, with a, with a viewfinder loop sort of situation, but, uh, we'll see. Um, what else? Yeah. Oh, th so these adapters that I, Hey buddy, do you want to say hi? Hi. No, no. Oh. Say, say hello. Oh. Oh. Okay. Um, the adapters, the speed boosters, the MFT to EF or whatever kind of adapter you need for your lenses. If you have a bunch of MF micro four thirds, uh, lenses, then you're good to just slap them on here. Um, but if you don't, if you're like me and you don't, you're going to need the speed booster, uh, adapter and that, that speed booster, the Metabone speed booster, I think it's the 0.71 ultra is probably what you're looking for. The 0.71 T or whatever. Um, yeah, that thing is like 650 bucks. So, uh, if I want to have three of these, three of these cameras that I'm like using for a ceremony and I want to use my EF lenses with this camera, I'm going to have to go spend two grand, uh, to get almost two. Yeah. With tax and everything, it's probably gonna be just over two grand for, 
uh, the adapters. So that's kind of a pain. Um, yeah, I, I think the two ways that Blackmagic could improve this camera in a huge way, and I don't know if it makes sense for them to do that because you don't want to really cannibalize your Ursa sales, I guess. But, um, yeah, adding, like, an EF mount where, like, or, like, just making this pad this camera compatible from the beginning with like more standard lenses other than micro four thirds, that would be huge. And then fixing the roller, sh putting like a faster rolling shutter, um, in the camera. Um, I don't know if they'll ever do that, but like, those are probably the two things that I would like to see the most. Um, so yeah, you, a lot of people are going to have to spend money to turn this camera into a usable, uh, unit. And, uh, when we, when we talk about storage, that's, it's like the same kind of situation. Either you go out and buy a bunch of CFast cards, which are super expensive, uh, or you get, um, some Samsung T5, uh, SSD drives, uh, which is what I think I'm going to end up doing. I'm probably going to, um, build out a little cage on this camera, um, and put like my microphone on top and then mount uh, a T5 SSD on here. Um, and I'll probably have to go out and buy a bunch of these T5s um, and just, yeah, just like reuse them for weddings, I guess. Um, we'll see. I might need to have like six or no, probably more than six. I might need to have like 10 of these things, uh, 10 like T5 drives. So that's, that's also expensive. So, um, yeah, I don't know, but I do want to, <clears throat> excuse me. I do want to start shooting in 4k, um, which I'm not doing right now, which for some people is like crazy. Cause I do know a couple people that have been shooting in 4k for like, <laughs> like two or three years now. And I'm like, I just got to 1080p HD, uh, last year. So, uh, yeah, I'm a little bit of a dork, I guess, in that sense. But uh, I think that's it. Like, I mean, literally, I got this camera. I pulled it out of the box, and I thought, wow, this is really cool. And I've just been kind of, like, holding it in my hands and, like, turning it over and flipping it over and looking at the design. And I think Blackmagic really, like, came out with something special here. Um, I can't wait to actually go out and use it. Um, this has been a lot of talking for someone who hasn't actually gone out and shot anything with it. Um, but I wanted to give you guys my first like real raw impressions of this thing right out of the box. Um, yeah, I think it's really going to be cool. And I, I can definitely, I'll put it to you this way. As far as wedding videography is concerned, there's a couple hurdles that this camera needs to overcome, but I could see this camera, um, being used I think this camera in combination with like a 1DX Mark III or something that hasn't come out yet or like a Sony A7, whatever, like one of these cameras that's shooting 4K at 60 frames per second and has awesome low light capability, which this camera, I think it has pretty, it's pretty damn good low light quality from what I've seen online, but it's not as good as like, my Canon 5D Mark IV with like a 1.4 lens on it, right? So 
I don't expect to be getting like super dark dancing shots with this thing. So that's why I think maybe if they come out with a 1DX Mark III that can do 60 frames per second in 4K with a better codec than what the 1DX Mark II does. Because the 1DX Mark II, Jesus, like that thing, it's shooting uh, like any 4K on um the canons is shooting uh what's that format called it's called motion jpeg and these file sizes are insane they're huge it's so insane like why they didn't just go with like a better codec is beyond me um i don't know i'd love to see canon put some like pro res formats oh and i forgot to talk about that that's like the most important thing about this camera uh, this camera, I didn't even talk about frame rates. I didn't talk about ProRes. Jesus, it does raw. Like I forgot to talk about all this stuff. I should have put that in the beginning. So if you guys are still listening, this is like uh, the best part of the podcast here. Um, this camera shoots raw, uh, 60 frames per second in 4K, full 4K. Uh, it does, here, I'm actually going to pull up the menu right now. It does ProRes, uh, high quality, 422, LT, and proxy. Um, yeah, and in RAW, you can do lossless. You can do 3.1 or 4.1. Um, I really have, like, pretty much zero need for RAW. Like, I just don't see myself using RAW unless I'm shooting something super special, like you know, maybe like I'm getting like a once in a lifetime shot and I just happen to be like in the right place at the right time shooting some stock footage or something. And I have time to just switch over to raw real quick. And I'm just going to shoot like fucking raw, lossless raw or something. I honestly, I don't see that happening. I think I'm just going to shoot ProRes 422. Um, and in the beginning, I might even just be shooting ProRes uh, LT um, just to save a little bit of space or just to use like um, like a standard SD card until I get some more storage solutions. Um, yeah, because I think like if I wanted to do ProRes 422 in HD, just like 1920 by 1080, I could probably do that uh, on an SD card. But if I changed it to 4k, I think the SD card would, would be too slow. So then if I wanted to do ProRes in 4k, which is an SD card, you're probably having, I, it's probably means I have to do, use the LT setting, which honestly LT is still pretty good. I know people want to dog it cause they're like, Oh, it's light ProRes. Like, eh. honestly, I've seen some really good stuff shot in ProRes LT. Uh, I probably wouldn't go down to proxy, I think that's the codec people should be like eh, about, even though that's probably even better than like your just your standard H.264. Although I don't technically know, uh, but I do I do know that ProRes LT is 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 decent. Um, but yeah, like I said, I'll probably just shoot 422 um, when I really get everything up and running. I really just don't see a reason to go much higher than that. You you get a lot of latitude and a lot of room to play with the colors and. Um, and everything there in the dynamic range. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. I think this camera, I think this camera <clears throat> is going to be to wedding videographers like the Canon 5D Mark II was back in the day when they first released that. Um, I, I, I really do think that this camera is going to become the 5D Mark II. 
uh, if they could just get it off of back order. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much it for this episode, guys. Uh, if you guys like this episode, or you like this sort of thing, uh, let me know. Don't forget to follow wedding videography school on Instagram. You, you can go to wedding. Oh, it's like, yeah. At wedding videography school. Pretty simple. Uh, follow, follow this podcast on Instagram and don't forget to rate and review and subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. And until next time, guys, later. Later.